Piccolo, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Cesare Direct Marketing Podcast. I'm Stan Hall, and joining me today is public relations expert Nancy Trent. Nancy is the founder and owner of New York PR firm Trent & Company. She's been working in PR for over 30 years. In this episode, we will go over why a good PR strategy is an important part of any successful marketing campaign the benefits of traditional media, and how PR working with direct response can help build your brand. Nancy shares with us the secrets that have made hundreds of her campaigns successful. So stay tuned. Okay, Nancy. Well, uh, thank you for joining us today. If you could just kind of give us a little bit of a background into your, uh, your life in public relations. Good morning, Stan. <laughs> Good morning and welcome to New York City. And um, I feel like we're in the center of it all being downtown in Soho. I think my, my background in PR started out in journalism. A, a good uh, publicist cannot, uh, needs to understand journalism and what makes a story. And I was on my high school paper and my college uh, journalism professor really um, did a great number on me. He told me I had zero talent in writing and I would never make it and stop bringing in these stupid articles that no one would ever publish. And he got me so angry that I got on my bicycle and and um, despite tears, I landed in the local uh, newspaper office and um, I, I walked right in with an article I had just published about a Native American fashion show. And and, um, and brought it in, and you have to understand, I was literally crying. And I showed the, this guy that was in the office the article, and he said to me, honey, sit down, have a drink of water, let me read the article. And he said, of course we're gonna publish this. And then I re realized that you know I was, I was a professional writer, <laughs> even though my journalism teacher told, and, and by the time um, I was a junior, I had published more in um, consumer mainstream media than he had, and um, the rest was history. And um, when I got to New York, I um, wrote an article for New York Magazine, completely unsolicited, about cross-country skiing on my roof. I finished it at 11 p.m and I jumped on my bicycle yet again and um, rode to New York Magazine thinking that, of course, it would be open 24 hours. It's, an, it's a magazine about New York City. And um, much to my, um, I, I was very, very lucky that there was somebody there and I show, and he said, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I just finished this article and I think it's really great and I wanna make sure that it gets in New York Magazine because it belongs here. And this guy said, who are you? And I said, well, you know, I, um, I just moved back to New York City from, uh, from out west. I'm a journalist, and I think this article would be perfect for New York Magazine. And he read it, and he said, you know what? You're actually a really good writer, but my assistant uh, just quit. So um, you be, would you like to, um, to uh, try a, a job as a freelance editor um, at New York Magazine and, and the first assignment is right now, we're gonna go to Studio 54, would that work for you? And I was like, I don't know if I'm dressed properly. He said, you're perfect. I said, I guess I'm hired, yay! And off we went and that was the beginning and I worked at New York Magazine in the Intelligencer column. And um, that was a great inside look, what life was, you know, the, the inside track of New York at that, New York City at that time. It was a great life, very, very exciting, did all kinds of cool things. And um, I was at my literary agent's office and I said that I was looking for a more, you know, a journalism job. And um, 
she said to me, you'll make much more money as a freelance writer than as, you know, having a, a regular job. And I said, but, you know, there's more, there's more to life than money. And, and, <laughs> and, you know, I want a more stable lifestyle. And um, this guy that I was going to write a book with, he said to me, you know, you would really be fantastic in PR. I said, really, who should I talk to? Because I had no idea. And um, he told me, um, he gave me a name of the place that I eventually went to work for. And um, within the first week of the job, I said, my gosh, this is for me. I love it. Uh, so when we're looking at creating a marketing plan, uh, when is the best time to bring in PR into that marketing plan and, and why should you be having PR into your marketing plan? You want to think about PR as quickly as you possibly can because the more you embed a PR a concept, the more PR that the, the product will get organically. So the earlier you start, the better. And um, seasoned PR professionals are willing to brainstorm with people as quickly as possible. And I want to mention that that whole idea of brainstorming and thinking things through, you're giving, you're giving PR people an opportunity to use that muscle and it, it feels good to them. So you're doing them a favor by getting them involved as quickly as possible. And really the person who's going to benefit the most is, is the owner of the product. Start PR as quickly as you can. And, and let that, uh, let the concept that you come in impact all forms of marketing. So when we're talking about specifically direct response advertising campaigns, how does PR factor into that and what can PR benefit uh, DR campaigns that uh, perhaps a, a DR campaign can't get elsewhere? Any company that is involved in a DR campaign is really lucky because it's a great way to gain awareness and um, really sell product. And we've been involved with many important case studies in that category. And what PR gives any product is more credibility because what we do is we get articles in magazines, in newspapers, in television shows, on blogs, social media. And so um, we get the word out there and it isn't the company talking about them. In today's world, consumers do not believe companies. They want to hear that someone, someone else is saying it. And if an article comes out about you, you have the third party endorsement of a journalist. And that's super important. In addition to that, it takes seven to 11 times for people to hear something they haven't heard of before. DR can be expensive. Every time you're communicating with that consumer, it's expensive. But publicity is far less expensive. So it's an inexpensive way to get up to that seven to 11 times. So it gives you credibility. It gives you awareness. And also, when articles and TV segments and newspaper clips and blogs start coming out about you, you can utilize them to even strengthen and build the credibility within your DR campaign. PR in concert with DR is a beautiful marriage. It's really, they, they work great because what people believe that products lack in a DR campaign, PR can, can really take advantage of. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's kind of focus a little bit on credibility. So when we're talking credibility with traditional versus uh, digital media, where does that kind of factor in with the uh, consumers, the consumers' mindset of it? Yeah, that's a great question. People believe traditional media is vetted out. 
I could tell you the fact checking today isn't what the fact checking used to be. But and and also, I think there's a lot of confusion today about um, what people are getting, what media is um, paying, getting paid to write what. You know, the edit, the lines between editorial and advertising are blurred on a crazy, crazy level. Um, so, kind of switching gears here, let's talk about uh, your successes in PR. So, so, what would you say would have been your most successful PR campaign you've worked on? I've been doing PR for over 30 years, and I'm proud to tell you that um, we have um, scrapbooks upon scrapbooks upon scrapbooks of successful campaigns. Uh, we started out um, doing PR in the fitness category in a time when, you won't even believe this, but people thought that exercising could be really dangerous for you, and that you know girls definitely shouldn't do it. And um, we launched the Reebok Step, the Body Bar, the Body Ball. We worked with pioneers like Kathy Smith, Denise Austin, Tony Little, Johnny G. You know, we we launched spinning. So you know, there's so uh, we were very very much involved with the fitness world, and I'm so excited to see where fitness is today. It is it's. I, I can't tell you how excited I am, but I do want people to realize just because you wear athleisure does not mean you're working out. Um, I'm very proud to say that we, um, we represented the Juice Man Juicer at a time when the only people who were juicing were people who were really, really sick and their doctors had tried everything and it didn't seem like, and, and doctors would say, look, we tried everything, nothing works, but we heard about some nuts in California that, have, that um, are getting success by juicing, maybe you should start. So, so my case studies were people who were really, really sick and weren't gonna die. I mean, it wasn't like they were healthy. You go to McDonald's and you'd see like big guys, you know, big tough guys, you know, eating food that we knew, I would know would be poison for you, and they looked really healthy, and the people who were juicing were really sick. You know, it, it was very, very difficult to make the leap, but we were able to do that, and we, um, what we did was we knew that there was a juice for every ailment, so anyone who was writing an article, a health article, needed to include juicing because it was some fun little thing that you'd throw in. And then we also worked with um, up-and-coming chefs to come up with recipes for juicing. And that's how, that is the beginning of juicing, getting into the mainstreaming of juicing. Um, we worked on the first mainstream feng shui book. We represented the first therapeutic gemstone book. We worked for um, all the early founders of the spa business. In fact, we worked for day spas before there was even the term day spa or a day spa. It was called Pratima's Face Cleaning Clinic, which we also worked for the first line of Ayurvedic skincare products. Um, we, we've been in it from the beginning and we're really proud. And, and then of course, um, we represented the first medical spas and at a time when people, you know, they didn't even know what they should be calling themselves if they really were spas. So we, we've been doing this. <laughs> Better on, obviously. What about uh, Yonana? What's, uh, what's their story? Oh, what a great story. Well, um, I happen to love ice cream. But, um, and, and I met this woman who had a machine that made ice cream without milk or sugar. And I said to her, you know what, Eileen, if this is delicious, we are going to make you a very, very rich woman. And um, she didn't do any advertising. She didn't do anything. She just did PR. And um, 
she was able to get in every magazine, newspaper, television show, blog, everything that was relevant to her. And we were able to utilize the press to um, help the retailers sell more, which is a big part of any campaign that we do, is we, we know at the end of the day um, we only work for products we love. In fact, my home closet looks exactly like my office closet. We have a totally curated client list. And I'm very, very careful about this. So the, the, this product really, really works, as, as they all do. But we have to make sure we're always helping the retailers sell the product because that's why you hire. It's not only, you don't only hire a PR firm to get publicity. If the publicity doesn't sell, then what are we doing it for? So um, the publicity has to help and uh, maximize sales in retail as well as uh, direct response campaigns. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about uh, kind of direct response campaigns, looking at it through a PR lens, uh, DR campaigns and traditional campaigns. What about DR conveys honesty on part of the, the publicity part of it? How do you find that factors into the, the scheme of things? Well. One of the great things about direct response is you're actually seeing a product being used and you're seeing a, a product is being talked about. You know, people are talking about their real experiences and, and so we reinforce each other. So um, when articles come out, they can be used in the direct response campaign that major magazines, major the product's been used on major TV shows. So you get the third party endorsement of the media into the direct response campaign, and that's really important. And the benefit of um, a product being in DR that we do publicity for is we, um, it helps the DR campaign as well as the PR campaign helps increase the number of times that people are being hit. Because in today's society, we're being hit with so much information, which do you listen to? And research shows that you, that you need to, to hear about it a lot more than once. And the more you increase the numbers, the more people feel positive about the brand. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So looking forward, where do you see publicity factoring into advertising campaigns? Uh, in total, and, and what is the future of PR? Integration, integration. You know, we have to we have to work together. And as the lines of communication, um, and and the 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 lines between the different forms of marketing blur, we need to be working together because there's there's an uh, a perspective that each one of them has. So. Um, when you think of what direct marketing can do as opposed to what PR can do as opposed to advertising can do, they're all very, very different and they work best when they're working together. Gotcha. Okay, so one last thing. Uh, let's look at a common thread maybe. So you mentioned you worked on uh, hundreds of, of successful campaigns. What's one common thread that made those successful? You have to start out with a really good product. If the product doesn't deliver what we say it's going to deliver, it's never going to work, no matter how good the marketing is. In fact, if the marketing is really great and the product really stinks, you're really going to have a problem. So the product has to be good. And if the product really, um, if I believe that if a product is really good, you don't have to do any marketing. Um, it will, um, money will come to you elegantly, but in many cases you have to wait 25 or 30 years, which is most people don't have that much time. Most people want to make it happen sooner. So if you have a really good product, then you have to think early on, how are we going to make this product a publicity machine? How are we going to figure out 
what's in it so that it will be part of the story. So, so it isn't, to be successful in communication, people often think that you have to really focus on what it is that you're going to say, you know, what are those copy points? I need to get them really, and you, you know, it's really important to have that for effect, but really you have to think about what people care about. Because if you talk about what people care about and make your product fit into that conversation seamlessly, you, you will have a winner every time. So you really have to know, connect what you're doing with what people care about. And we know what people care about. What, you know, like they want to be, they want to be healthy. They want to be young. They want to be thin. They want to be successful. Everybody's got different things that they really care about. And that's what you, you need to find out who your customer is and why, you know, why you fit in and how you can fit into the conversation that people are having. And you should be thinking about PR and make PR a part of the DNA of the brand right from the beginning. Don't let PR be an afterthought. Think about how can, you know, what can I be saying about my product so that it fits into the stories that we read about every day. And you should literally look at a newspaper, listen to the news, and think about your brand and say, okay, how could I get in there? And it's okay if you can't figure it out, but whoever you're talking to about PR should, and you should be making that, that line a, a very easy to follow on a regular basis all the time. Great. Well, uh, let's say someone wanted to get a hold of you. What's the best way to get a hold of you and uh, perhaps employ your services? Well, they can always email me at nancy, N-A-N-C-Y, at Trent, T-R-E-N-T, and A-N-D, company, C-O-M-P-A-N-Y dot com. They can call us at 212-966-0024. Um, we could Skype. Uh, whatever you want, we love it. And, and um, I'll tell you, always feel free to call because we love to speak to people who have ideas because we know that's where the great ideas come from. And we look at brainstorming as a way to exercise our most important muscles. So we love hearing from people and we, we love questions. Well, thank you for joining us for another look into the world of direct response marketing. If you're interested in learning more about Nancy and her company, we will provide a link in the comments. You can also find your full contact information throughout the blog section of cesaradirect.com. Make sure to subscribe to the Cesare Direct Marketing Podcast and follow us on all of Cesare Direct's social media. If you have any questions, feel free to post them in the comments below. Or if you want to contact us directly, drop us a line to contact us at cesaridirect.com. Our theme music today was provided by Kevin McLeod of incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Thank you again, and we'll catch you next episode.